podcast. You're not seeing anything unique, all right? It's all the same stuff. We're just mildly entertaining, all right? That, that's what the deuce is. Mildly that's entertaining. Mild entertainment and repetition of facts that everyone already knows from the million other true crime podcasts out there. And I'm okay with that, honestly. But the deuce has something that no one else has. What's that? Elijah motherfucking Newton. Jesus Christ. Hello? Is there somebody there? It's the Deliver Us Some Evil podcast, motherfucker. No, 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 no. That's not to say I don't actually like enjoy doing the podcast because I do. I, I do enjoy this. It's just you know I recognize that we aren't making social changes here. <laughs> We're not inventing the wheel. Okay, uh, we're not even God, reinventing the wheel by adding rubber and spokes. We're just doing the same shit that uh, every other schmuck with a microphone God. out there is doing. Yeah. Welcome to Deliver Some Evil. I am like every other schmuck out there, Elijah motherfucking Newton, and today I am joined by the lovely, voluptuous Mel November. Mel, why don't you get your titties out? <laughs> Hi there. Jesus Christ, you forgot what your line is. You have the same line. I was, you have waiting, like for one a, line. I was waiting for an appropriate pause. I'm trying to learn timing, okay? You have one line, and then <sighs> silence. Damn. <laughs> You're the sandwich maker for the deuce, okay? <laughs> That's what I got you here. Dude, are you gonna you hand me a jar? Were... Hand me a jar of pickles to open? I, wait, wait, I, you, I didn't, you didn't watch. You didn't watch What Is a Woman, did you? I did not watch What Is a Woman. The... You know why I didn't watch What Is a Woman? Because I already know What Is a Woman. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. for people who don't know the answer to that question who watch that. It's also, like... I'm still salty that he put it behind a $12 paywall for like, for like a, whole a whole year, year. before releasing it for free. So <laughs> everyone's fuck like, Matt this Wallace. is so amazing, and it's like, yeah, it's been out for like a Sorry, year. Matt Walsh, not Matt Walls. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like the whole documentary, like the thing that people were criticizing. Oh, he handed his the, his wife handed him a jar of pickles to open. And it's like, damn, that's the only thing you have to criticize. That's pretty good, then. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hey, man, it just if you have to watch that documentary, you're kind of already lost. It wasn't for people like me who then are you're smart. Part of the problem. Yes, you are the problem. All right, Mel. Speaking of the problem, yes. we are doing our first episode in the Taco Bell Strangler. Where we're uniting fast food and murder. murder. No, no. He, Why you, is that not a good combination, though? Because Taco Bell. Okay, okay, okay. But so, Taco Bell's not actually food. I actually have a joke that I was supposed to open up with this one i forgot until i read my notes so uh here's what we're gonna do all right? i'm gonna hit the reverse the at reverse least my jokes on, are not in, in notes yeah yeah well I had re- it was such a good joke i had to remind myself of it because i didn't want to lose it okay because i wrote this script like a week ago so yes hit the reverse <laughs> everyone get deliver ready us some evil we're covering henry lewis wallace aka the taco bell strangler in our first episode today and hey mel <laughs> yes eli what does henry lewis wallace and taco bell have in common i don't know eli what do they have in common they both leave meat cold in the middle oh <laughs> Uh, yes, I know. Not that Taco Bell meat joke. is actually meat. It's, it's not actually meat. And uh, <laughs> Henry Lewis Wallace doesn't actually leave meat, but he does leave it cold <laughs> in the middle. Ugh. I know it's a, it's a little distasteful, but that is the that is like uh, imagine biting into modern day Taco Bell. That is what it's like to be a serial killer. You're just what? it's warm, it's warm and it's hot and it looks delicious, but then you bite it and it's fucking frozen. <laughs> it's worse than those burritos that you're supposed to put in the microwave that's still frozen in the middle, but then like the guts are spilling out. It's worse that than happens? that. Yes, yes, that does happen. <laughs> I haven't had a microwave in so long, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate. Uh, honestly, I hate Taco Bell. It used to be good. Like, my whole thing when I was, like, first out on my own and I had my own living place, like, my Thanksgiving dinners was, like, a Taco Bell big box. <laughs> you could, like, spend, like, 10 bucks, get, like, 30 tacos, like, the, like, the soft shell, yeah. you know, bullshit tacos. And then, like, I get, like, a whole gallon of, like, a Baja Blast, and that was Thanksgiving dinner for me. Oh, my God. So, you didn't, you didn't uh, you know, go all out and get the tacos that were, like, the soft taco with the 
beans no, smeared on no, it, because wrapped that was expensive. onto a crunchy taco. No, no, see, so you've got the soft taco shit was in a, the no, no, see, you're talking about the rich, semi-soft. You're talking about the rich people menu, man. <laughs> I was doing the 30 cents or less per taco menu, okay? I don't know <laughs> that the was fuck a you're thing? 30 cents or less? No, nah, I'm just this? assuming it was as cheap as that, but it was cheap. It was the cheap shit, right? I wasn't doing the, the crunch wrap Supremes and the quesadillas <laughs> and all the rich shit that was actually cooked in the middle. No, I couldn't afford that, man. There's a reason why I'm doing Taco Bell for Thanksgiving dinner, all right? I'm by myself, I'm lonely, and I'm broke. And I spent my rent on alcohol, okay? That was my life as, like, a teenager, okay? So you, you keep I your rich it. stuff, your rich, your upper-middle-class Taco Bell to yourself. I had cold cereal for Thanksgiving on my when I was on my own, okay? Yeah, but you have cold cereal every day. That's like a normal meal for you. This was something special. All right. Yeah. It was a special meal. Jesus Christ. All right, Miles. Yeah, so yes. we're talking about Henry Louis Wallace, a.k.a. the uh, Taco Bell the, Strangler. The Taco Bell, I think it's more like the Taco Bell Killer and then the Taco Charlotte Strangler. I might oh. have mixed the two up there, but we're going to go with the Taco Bell Strangler because I hate serial killers that have like 12 different nicknames. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> we're, just, one, we're just man. adding a new one to the list Make here with the Taco Bell Strangler. Honestly, it's not even them. It's the media. Just commit to one yeah. name and stick with it. Uh, although the newspapers did call him the Charlotte. Uh, strangler yeah so between 1992 and 1994 nine young black women in charlotte mecklenburg area of north carolina were raped and strangled to death oh my this was just before i lived in north carolina oh well, there you go but that's weird though that i you, never you, you're, you're white so you would have been okay <laughs> you weren't a target mel <laughs> yeah. all right i never even heard of this and this you was a big deal of- Yes, this is such a huge deal, and we'll get into why later, why this is such a big deal, but it's a very interesting case. So for two years, Henry caused widespread hysteria and increased racial tensions during his reign of terror, especially in the predominantly black community where the murders were occurring, which obviously makes sense because yeah. the black people are like, oh, all these black women dying, the police ain't doing shit, they racist, they racist. Oh my God. Uh, so due to the small size of the local police department, they only had about seven full-time investigators, they weren't capable of handling the caseloads as effectively as they could, right? So this is in addition to the fact that they were generally stumped with his crimes and the fact that the police were rarely patrolling the black community kind of led to like the perfect storm for a black serial killer in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, And it allowed him to kill Henry to kill as many women as he had. And he would have kept going if they didn't eventually stop him. Oh, so he wasn't one of those ones that was like winding up to like this big thing where he's going to end up just end up getting caught. He, he does, you're talking about the, the berserker? Yeah, no, yeah, Henry, yeah. Henry enters berserker, and that's what gets him oh, caught. Oh, he does? Okay. He, he gets caught in the early stages of his berserker uh, mode oh, thing. Oh, shit. And for people that don't know what we're talking about by berserker mode, think like Ted Bundy with like a log killing a bunch of like Floridian uh, sorority girls. That's the berserker mode. Ted Bundy actually had two, by the way. Yeah, I remember that from the documentary. It was when he got captured the first time, yep. then he escaped, ran to Florida, and then him killing those girls in that sorority house is technically a second berserker phase. Yeah. So. So yeah. Henry. Henry only had one. He was in the beginning, and they. That's when they nabbed him. So Henry kind of came out of nowhere for the police. All right, because these cops, despite the professional for professionalism, wow, if I could speak properly, were also not prepared to investigate serial killers. Most places aren't prepared to investigate serial killers. In 1992, 1994, that's around the time that Jeffrey Dahmer was caught. So. Yeah, was it? Yeah, 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 because I think he was caught in '92. Okay. But yeah, so like it's you know all that shit's happening. So they're still yeah. they they're aware of serial killers, but they're not like you know hammered like they are now, where they know every aspect of serial killerism and like how to capture them and how to identify them. Yeah, and this was pre-internet. Too. Yes, and especially black serial killers, because while Henry is not the first known black serial killer, he is the one that is known as the first the black first serial killer. Because uh, for whatever reason, up until now, the FBI never associated black people with serial killing. Well, the major serial killers were always worldwide. Yeah, toy. well, despite there actually being black serial killers that they've captured before Henry. Oh, that's right. You said there was yeah, black yeah, serial yeah, killers black, in California. Yeah, the black serial killers in California. You have the uh, zebra uh, murders. Oh, that's right. So black serial killers do exist, but for whatever reason, they didn't have that had the idea of a black serial killer until Henry Louis Wallace. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. He's he's credited for being the first one. 
Yeah. Even though he's really not. So uh, the cops were unable to, you know, they weren't able to, weren't prepared for serial killers. They never faced any crime of this kind before. And since there was no clear motive on Henry's crimes and the MO was very sloppy, it was just hard to distinguish if it was one person doing all the killings or multiple people doing the killings. Yeah. That's always something we see in hindsight. Yeah. Like that everything was connected. So as the uh, PD investigated the murders, they treated them as separate cases with different investigator for each case, oh, which also leads damn. to the issue where they don't communicate. Yeah. Because they don't think they need to because the cases aren't connected. Yeah. Uh, this led them to, again, not comparing notes with each other. And so the cases themselves went unlinked for a very long time. Nice. At least a year on most of them. So even after the FBI was having, uh, even after the FBI gets brought in, they were having difficulties investigating this case. Uh, despite the BSU, the Behavioral Sciences uh, Unit, having been around long enough to have profiled numerous serial killers, Henry Wallace did not match with what they understood them to be, like I said previously. Uh, the fact that he was black meant he wasn't initially in the radar since he was an atypical demographic for serial killing in general. Right, so they're finally figuring stuff out about serial killers and then a serial killer yeah. comes along that doesn't fit the yep. profile. And really fucks it up for them. Yeah. And it was, and I'm assuming it, it was a relatively small police department. They're not, it's not like yeah, in a big no, city they where had they have like seven investigators and resources. The thing about the area, I'll get into the area because I actually describe it. It's pretty fucking insane that yeah. it has such a small department. So what made Henry different to the other killers was he almost exclusively killed close acquaintances and coworkers. <laughs> You'd think eventually he would run out though. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the black community is pretty close. To that. He's got a lot of people. <laughs> oh my uh, God. So uh, here's a quote from a 1994 Time article uh, titled Dances with Wolves. Women taken with his sweet smile, solicitous attitude, and pleasant looks trusted him. They invited him to their homes for dinner, watched while he cradled their babies in his arms, and accepted his invitations to date. Oh my God, that's He's terrifying. a very, uh, very good looking, very, well, okay, I won't say good looking. He's good looking yeah. as far as like a black man who works at like Taco <laughs> Bell goes, because like <laughs> I've seen pictures of like him being arrested. Imagine like Biggie Smalls mixed with like the black nerd from Die Hard. <laughs> that's literally what he looks like it's fucking and he's like this big dude he's big i want to say buff but he's much like fat yeah. strong he's fat he's like me fat strong <laughs> but he looks like the nerd from die hard mixed with biggie small so yeah like the biggie small is like round face but like the glasses and like the face like structure of like yeah. the nerd and yes so he worked at taco bell when he was getting checks damn uh, I think he was like, uh, he, he worked at a lot of places, but I think he was like the manager or something at Taco Bell at one point. Oh, that makes a difference. Yeah, that, 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 that does make the difference. He's not the, he's not the, the guy behind the counter slopping he the wasn't, slop. He wasn't like me in 1996 no. when I worked at Taco Bell. <laughs> Damn, you worked at Taco Bell? Yes, I that did. That fucking sucks. In North Carolina. Oh, shit. It might have actually been the same Taco Bell. <laughs> All right. Let's go. So, uh, yeah. So, that's what they had to say about Henry. So, he very w easily could talk himself into a lot of situations with a lot of women. Yeah. And they seemed to trust him and liked the way he looked with babies. That is terrifying. So, Professor Sharice Costin, she's a professor of criminal justice at the University of North Carolina, and Sergeant Gary McFadden, they're the two biggest names and uh, the two biggest sources of research I have for this episode. Okay. Uh, uh, they actually do a presentation in her classroom uh, where they discuss the 92 to 94 slayings. And That's cool. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So Gary McFadden, he is the uh, the big investigator. He's the top investigator, lead investigator. He gets brought in midway through the case when, like, you know, fucking the black yeah. community gets, like, <laughs> really, really am like anxious and just, like, up the, the fucking asses of all the other investigators. Yeah. They put this guy in charge. So, okay, it's your problem now. Deal with it. Nice. And he actually solves the case. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, Gary, Gary McFadden's kind of like a, like a RoboCop. He's, like, super cop. He knows what he's awesome. doing. Yeah, despite just being thrown in right, in right into the middle middle of the investigation <laughs> with like no information. And up until his involvement in the case, he had no involvement, no idea anything about the case or the details, nothing. Damn. Yeah, they really just So they brought him, him in from outside then? Uh, the no, head. no, he's from the same... Uh, oh, is he really? Yeah, he's one of the seven investigators that they had. Oh, they're just, just like, doing like other well, shit. this is now your problem? Yeah, and I honestly think that the reason why they chose him was because he's black. 
<laughs> I honestly think that that's what it was. It's fucking hilarious. You now have a target on your back. Yeah, but because the black community kept saying, like, you're not solving yeah. this in time because you're racist. So they just like, okay, let's put a black face <laughs> on this investigation. Let's get Gary to go. do this. Uh, so they highlight the details of the investigation and the ultimate identification of Henry. And it, they, they describe the murders as a violent chain reaction born from Henry Wallace's abstract dysfunctional upbringing exacerbated by a strong sex drive and drug abuse. Wow. Yes. Henry Lewis Wallace was addicted to crack. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that, that's the uh, source for a lot of his crimes. So, before we get into talking about Henry Lewis Wallace, we got to talk about Charlotte, North Carolina. Because th- that will explain the hardships of the department like the, the department had to face. Yeah. Uh, so, Charlotte, North Carolina possessed one of the best pro-business attitudes in the country during the 90s. They <laughs> nice. were very much about, hey, let's get Taco Bell in here. <laughs> it was the support of the corporate community and its belief in civic corporate melding uh, to sustain the livelihood of its residents that led to explosive growth within the area. So nearly 14,000 new jobs were created in 94 alone, right? Wow. Which made the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area the country's eighth, uh, eighth in the list of desirable country American cities to live in. Yeah. So they were huge, right? They're getting big. They're growing. It had a good reputation when it I did. was down there. And at the same time, the city was recognized as the third largest banking center in the United States and was the sixth largest wholesale center with $11 billion in retail sales. Holy so shit. they were booming. It was a safe area that no one had to, you know, worry about it. It wasn't like, you know, a black community. Because it was predominantly a black community, like the Mecklenburg yeah. area. Charlotte is like the city of Mecklenburg. It's kind of like this little, like, subdivision around it. Mecklenburg's almost entirely black. With like, okay. little, little hot spots of, like, other cultures and other people in there. But it's almost entirely black. And yeah. they didn't have a lot of crime. It's honestly kind of like... Uh, uh, shit, what's the black neighborhood in uh, in the new in the city? Why am I drawing a blank on it? I don't know. Uh, the fucking basketball team is named after them. The Harlem. Okay. Jesus Christ. It's like <laughs> Harlem in the 60s and the 70s. Yeah. Fucking safe as shit. Anyone could go yeah. down there. White people could have gone into the cotton club. Didn't have to worry about right, shit. Right, right. I but remember in the 90s, the, Harlem yeah. was a little piece of shit. Mecklenburg was like Harlem in the 60s. It was very okay. safe. That's all I'm trying to say. Jesus Christ. Why am I so terrible at geography and names? Uh, professional podcast, people. Professional podcast. <laughs> That's right. Deuce quality. So generally, uh, generally speaking, the different demographics in Charlotte's urban areas got along relatively well with little friction. Like a previous, pretty safe. Yeah. And the majority experienced this economic growth. So there wasn't anyone being left behind. The black community wasn't suffering economically. Nobody was. They were all booming. Yeah. Except for the police department. They got fucked. <laughs> I, I will say the police really? department got what, fucked funding? in the ass. Yeah, funding. They got zero funding. Despite all oh, the, nice. the 11 billion that was being made in the city, despite all this growth, the massive population boom, like the city like tripled in two years in size wow. and population. They still had the same small town police department oh, in charge okay. of everything. So that's an issue. The city's growing yes. so fast, but the police station wasn't yes, able to keep and up. And they intentionally kept the police small. This uh, wasn't like they weren't saying, like, hey, maybe we should like give a little bit of that funding to the police. They're like, no, no, we don't need to because wow. we're so safe. We don't need you. Oh, my God. That's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. So you can see why there's a little friction between the yeah. PD and the public, right? Yeah. So like most departments, the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Department operated on a shoestring budget. Damn. Uh, however, despite this, it was through their efforts that they did, could be described as, quote, winning the war on crime. So they worked hard regardless of their shitty-ass uh, budget, and they were still pretty effective. Uh, the small department had to deal with more than 51,000 instances of crime in 1993 alone. Oh my 9, god. 9,000 of them were falling under the description of violent and that's 87 murders, 350 rapes, 2,713 robberies and 5,952 assaults. For in, like, seven in, in one year? In one year in 1993 alone. And that is seven investigators. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> And to top all that off, they also had to deal with Henry Lewis Wallace. Yeah, and here comes a serial uh, yes. killer. So they had to investigate all of this at the same time as, you know, again, investigating Henry Wallace's crime, which the local PD put the strangulation center stage of their investigations since it was clear that they were only going to get more brutal. Yeah, so they were still trying to do the right thing, even though they didn't have yes, the, the manpower. Getting the shit on by the resources. public and the media yeah. constantly. 
and I, very rarely will I defend the police departments, especially <laughs> in any of these stories. Yeah. But I will you, say, you the, don't. <laughs> the, 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 like this, this police department literally did the best they could. Yeah. They they brought in the FBI. I, I think their biggest downfall was the politics and the not connecting the crimes. Like I think that's what they yeah, really really that, got. That wrong. happens a lot with the with the it, serial it killers, is, thinking that they're all separate. But incidents. you'll you'll see why some of them seem as separate. Like like some of them seem like they were like okay yeah they could be connected, but some of them are like what the fuck this is way different. What the fuck was Henry thinking? Yeah, it's just interesting that they had because of people like Ted Bundy and they had come up with a profile for serial killers mm-hmm. and what they do and how to find out if the crimes are related. And then you have these ones that are just like one off where they're yeah. not. It's difficult to connect them. Indeed, and uh, the thing that I, I will say, okay, so while we used um, the, the professors and uh, the, the detectives' uh, books and yeah. their shit for uh, information, we also are using direct quotes. Like, from this point on, when we're going to be discussing his crimes, his uh, his early days, a lot of direct quotes from Henry. So it's going to be from Henry's from him, words. From him? Yeah, from him himself. Yeah, we're going to be using his own words to describe how a lot of these crimes went down. Because the police department... Well, they investigated the crimes. They didn't know exactly how yeah. he gained access, how exactly the, everything went down. They went off of what he said because the, the the crime scene was so distraught. The MO was so sloppy. They had no idea. Oh, my God. So oh, okay. it's, it's, we're going to get a lot of direct quotes from Henry. And this guy, he's a fucking robot. <laughs> Henry, like, like everything is just like offhanded, like very just callous. He's not. I want uh, maybe callous isn't the right word. It's like cold and detached. He so he's uh, definitely it's, a sociopath. It's, it's as a matter. Everything's as a matter of fact. He doesn't say that he ever raped these women. He had sex with these women. Because uh. in his eyes, rape is sex. Okay. Uh, so you'll, you'll see a lot of that stuff down the road. He's very detached and he, and he talks very calmly, very coldly, like a nerd. Oh my god! <laughs> and he looks like a nerd. It's fucking weird. Uh. All right. So let's talk about Henry Wallace's early days, right? Okay. Cause this kind of makes you want to feel bad for the guy. <laughs> just, just a little <laughs> bit. Knowing that he ends up working I'm... at Taco Bell, you can see, you look oh at his life. He's like, yep, that's a Taco Bell employee right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, Henry's upbringing could be described as kind of dysfunctional at best, right? Yeah. Uh, this was due to his cunt mother and his cunt great grandmother, <laughs> both cunts. Uh, his mother grew up pretty fucking sour on men from a very young age. She did not like men, hated men. Yeah. Her father left home shortly after the death of her dearly beloved mother, and her resentment towards men only grew when she g- had to give birth to two children out of wedlock. Oh, Although that was entirely her fault, she doesn't recognize that because it's the man who got her pregnant, not the fact that she opened her legs. <laughs> <laughs> and the sound effect there, you can see I see what he was doing with his hands when he did that. Yes, <laughs> I opened my legs. Uh, so, yeah, she was very sour, especially when she got pregnant by a teacher who was married to another woman. Uh, she gave birth to two kids. Uh, first came Yvonne, and then second was Henry. Uh, and the guy just kind of said, all right, you're on your own. I'm going to go back to my wife. Oh. Uh, yeah, so she was really uh, fucking angry about yeah. that. And uh, Henry was born in Barnwell, South Carolina on November 4th, 1965. Okay. So he's older than me. So he's older than me. He's like eight years older than me. The Wallaces were dirt poor, right? Just fucking dirt poor. He grew up in a tumble-down house without electricity or plumbing. Holy shit. I can honestly relate. Yeah. They drank from a pump well, and their bathroom was really just a watershed with a set of chamber pots. Oh, my God. Uh, And he lived in the home as the only male with his mother, great-grandmother, and his sister. Yeah. Who all except for Yvonne? Yvonne, I don't know much about her. She seems like a pretty neutral character, but the great grandmother and the mother hate men. And so that would would include him, yes. And his mother sought to control Henry through the use of violence, emotional abuse, and other inappropriate means. Uh, Entirely vacant in Henry's formative years was the concept of family togetherness. Yeah, Uh, tensions ran high in that house. His mother and his grandmother did not get along at all. They fought with each other, 
uh, primarily over money and how to best handle Henry. They both were had their own views on it. Oh my god! While they're living in a in a shack yeah. with no electricity like or, or oh yes. my god! So both were strict disciplinarians in their own ways, and often his great grandmother thought his mother did not beat Henry often enough, and often his mother believed that she needed to beat him harder. So oh, so they're like tag teaming this poor little yes, boy. Yes, yes, they are, and his mother honestly didn't want to deal with henry oh my goodness at all so every milestone for henry kind of became a nightmare as a toddler he had an accident in his pants and he was berated viciously by his mother and great-grandmother right yeah and the chastisement installed in henry a fear of wetting himself to the point where he actually would wet himself and then he would immediately try to hide the evidence by hiding his shorts behind the dresser underneath the bed and you know bury it in a hole somewhere and when they would find the shorts they would beat him Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, since his mother was the sole provider of the home, because his great-grandmother did not work, yeah. refused to work, she demanded that both her children grow up very quickly. Yeah, that, that, that tends to happen. And also contribute towards the household. Yeah. So, whenever she or their grandmother or great-grandmother thought her children needed to be punished, she would make them pick their own instrument of punishment and oh then beat each God. other. Ah. Yeah, so sometimes she did it under the instruction of the matriarch, the great-grandmother. Yeah. Sometimes the great-grandmother did it. Sometimes the, uh, their mother was too tired from work to do it, so she made the, the one child beat the other. Uh, Henry would later say that it was harder for him to beat a sister than it was to be beaten himself. So he was a wow. little emotionally attached to Yvonne. It's amazing how creative these people get when they, you know, have nothing to do but to beat the shit out of their kid. They yeah, get very I mean, creative. No, but you see, beating a child is like a whole family event. You got to get the whole family in on it. You know, you got to beat that yeah. one child. Mm-hmm. And you do. I'm speaking from experience. You gotta, I know you are. If you don't. If you don't beat your child as a family, are you even together as a family? Really? It's like family bonding at this point, you know? <laughs> so Henry never once argued with his elders. He was a very obedient boy. You, very would, you quiet, would think. very obedient boy. Because if he did, he probably wouldn't, wouldn't yes. have grown up to be a serial killer. Indeed. You know? Not even, he didn't argue with them even when he was forced to wear his sister's hand-me-downs or empty the family's chamber pots, which was his daily chore. Oh, goodness. Uh, yes, and I can just imagine what that smelled like since they all eat in Taco Bell. <laughs> disgusting. So Henry attended school at John F. Myers Elementary, right? And he would often say that he wanted to be liked by all, wanted to be like all the kids, other yeah. kids, right? He wanted a dad to play baseball with and to fly kites with. Uh, and this led to Henry asking his mother about his father. Ooh, no that, that mention, might have yeah. been a bad idea because up until this point there's no mention of the father whatsoever yeah and uh when he did she just told him to stop idling like uh, stop idling boy yeah yeah very uh, very very that loving is, mother it's a very understanding <laughs> loving woman so yeah. in sixth grade henry had an experience that would end up scarring him for life and possibly influenced him killing people Ooh, wow so a man called the house one day on the phone and introduced himself as Henry's father. Oh, shit. He told the boy that he had always wanted to meet him and that he would eventually just kind of pop in. So he said that some point by that during that week, he would stop by and say hi. And Henry became so excited and would daydream all week that, uh, what his, about what his father would look like that he was, or well, just like in general, that he would just wait by his mother's bedroom window where he could see the street corner for like the entire week. Oh, just nonstop. My goodness. And he'd get excited. Every time a car would pass by, he'd get so excited. But when it kept driving, he'd get depressed again. Oh, wow. And he was skipping school during this, and he just waiting just for his to father. Just sit in the window waiting. Yes. And uh, it just never came. And Henry would oh be haunted by this experience for years. He claimed that anytime it got too quiet in his life, the memory of that week would become flooding back to the surface, which is why he did a lot of drugs later in life. Because any little quiet aspect, boom, that's all you remembered. I I want to say fuck you for making me feel like empathy for a serial killer, but anyone who knows the history of Ted Bundy and who was the other guy, the the Night Stalker, I don't remember his name. Just horrific childhood experiences. Uh, Ted Bundy wasn't really all that horrific. Uh, his his wor- mother didn't want him. Yeah, but I mean... He went back and forth even as an infant. Yeah, but that's not really horrific. He wasn't beaten. 
He was just a bastard. Yeah, but the way he was a bastard. Yeah, he was told repeatedly that they didn't that they didn't want. He was told as a child that they didn't want. See, I won't give Ted Bundy the benefit of the doubt on this one. I will give it to Dahmer. Dahmer was neglected as a child. He wasn't beaten, but he his was mother was also on drugs. Yeah, he was neglected emotionally as a, as a child. His parents were very immature, and they cared about themselves more than they did about him. Uh, so I, I throw him on the list. I wouldn't even really throw the uh, the nice stalker on this list because fuck him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, he experienced some some horrific shit, but he kind of deserved all of it. Uh, I would throw uh, uh, the other Henry. Uh, the, I can't remember his name, but he he was. Uh, yeah, almost did. Yeah, it's from from Kentucky. I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. Uh, it's like Henry Lewis something. Yeah, it's very similar to this guy. Yeah. Uh, he was horrifically abused as a kid. Uh, he uh, yeah, he he was working with Otis Tool. He's the serial killer duo with Otis Tool. Why am I yeah, not drawing right. a blank on his? Well, I don't. Anyways. I don't remember. He, he was horrifically beaten. He was abused. He was left to be living in the chicken coop of the family. He was forced to drink, like, lead-poisoned water. He oh was fucking abused. God. Yeah, I would give him the benefit like, of the people doubt. People don't really talk about this stuff. No, they don't, because they don't want to. Yeah. Because monsters are monsters. They, they were never once boys. They were never little boys, right? Indeed. So, back to not sucking Henry Louis Wallace's <laughs> cock, you know? Uh, yeah, so, every time it went quiet, he had that memory, and then he had to go score some smack score oh some coke you know whatever he wanted uh and henry started high and it's kind of weird because he experimented the drugs early in life yeah. but he doesn't like get like hardcore into them until like well into his like 20s damn so there's a there's a bit of a pause before he gets into the addiction status yeah so henry started high school in 1979 which went rather uneventfully considering his childhood he didn't necessarily succeed academically he wasn't really a failure yeah uh he was well liked by his classmates and his teachers considered him extremely obedient and a good student okay but he's still high, he's you know got all of this yeah rage all, all in this him and... well he doesn't really ever talk about the rage he just talks about bad henry because you got him and then oh, he's got really? bad henry oh shit. yes and actually there's a documentary where i think it's a huge interview with him i know there was like a book i think it's called bad henry but there's a documentary called bad henry and i'm pretty sure that one is just about him and it says taped confessions and him talking we should see it oh, sometimes it's pretty God. interesting that sounds but, so uh, creepy. yeah he he considers he doesn't consider himself to be the serial killer he considers bad henry to be the serial killer but you'll see that later on Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, uh, so he didn't necessarily succeed academically. It wasn't a failure. Everyone yeah. kind of liked him. And his uh, mother had this intense fear, especially as he got bigger, because he's like a six-foot-tall like high school kid. He's huge. Yeah. And his mother had this intense fear of having a strong male in the house. Of course, Especially yeah. the strong male that she's been beating the shit out of for well, how many years. Yeah, that, it comes to that point. Yes. Not in his family, so, it comes to that point. Essentially, she knew that Henry would be obedient, so she told him that he wasn't allowed to do anything that would be considered a violent male activity which okay. included football oh. wasn't allowed to play football because she was afraid they'd make him bigger and stronger oh my God. Uh, and henry oh my. wanted to be on the team and yeah. was too obedient to disobey his mother so he did the next best thing that he could which is he became a cheerleader oh he became a God. high school cheerleader so wow picture this six foot tall black kid in a white girl cheerleading squad i, th- I think the majority of the squad's whites <laughs> he towers over them well, no one made fun of him for being a cheerleader <laughs> no no <laughs> uh, and so yeah so uh, let me put this in at, at like 16 17 six foot tall by the age of 29 henry was 200 pounds Holy shit. And stood six feet tall. A huge yeah. dude, even by the time they arrested him. And I think, like, when he was in prison, well, I, th- I think he's still in prison. Uh, I, I, was, I, I was unclear. I, don't, I was unclear on whether or not he's been executed yet. I don't think he has. Oh, um, okay. There really wasn't a lot out there for that, but he's like 400 pounds when he was in prison. Holy shit. Huge dude. Big guy. Big dude. And, uh, yeah, he towered over the, the girls on the squad, and nobody made fun of him of for, being, for being a cheerleader. <laughs> uh, however, they uh, they did admire him, actually. A lot yeah. of his, his fellow students, uh, male students, too, they all admired him for his enthusiasm, his creativity, and his balls. <laughs> uh, and the girls on the team absolutely adored him because he was always very polite and very yeah. positive. And he would go on to graduate in 1983. 1983 okay yeah that makes sense yeah so he was um he was mildly successful in life at this point oh yeah and he attended south carolina state college for a semester 
Then he trans trans transfers to Denmark Technical College for another semester. However, he would fail from both schools, and uh, but not due to the lack of ability. It was just he didn't give a shit. <laughs> he, he, wasn't, he literally wasn't driven enough to yeah. succeed in college. He was much more interested in his evening job at the small local radio station, WBAW. What did, what did he do at the radio station? Uh, he was a jockey. He was a for disc real? jockey. Yeah. For real? Oh, my yes. God. Uh, Holy was, shit. During that time, he, he was attending classes. Uh, Henry idolized and even considered himself a bit of a Wolfman Jack prototype. Wow. And do you know Wolfman Jack? He's like, wow, Wolfman Jack on a morning afternoon radio. I, that, I, that was I've the kind of it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's what Wolfman Jack was kind of about, even though I fucked it up entirely. <laughs> but that's like the energy that Wolfman Jack brought to it. And Henry saw himself as a prototype of that so i just want to see like if like henry's like robotic calm yeah. you know selfish like oh wbaw we're gonna eat your pussy oh i'm gonna listen to the, didn't the stay ski in radio. Boys. i know right uh and henry tagged himself the night rider that that was his his uh wow. his radio uh, name so he's like welcome to the night rider <laughs> holy shit uh yeah it's actually kind of kind of a cool thing uh yeah Twitty uh, didn't stay in radio and just was, ended honestly, up being really cool and then wrote, wrote a memoir but you'll see that with all these serial killers they have that one thing that they do very well yeah his is being a disc jockey he succeeds at he excels but then they fuck it up they and they're like, let's go to the up. second best thing, which is raping and murdering. No, no, see, they always fuck it up because they always commit a crime. They always do, like, some sort of self-sabotage. Oh, okay. So, listeners enjoyed his humor, thought he was funny. Damn. Uh, his easygoing manner, and the women loved his voice. Okay, wait, so this is starting to sound familiar. Mm, doesn't it? <laughs> wow. One will I self-sabotage and become a serial killer. Uh, yeah, so women just love the sound of his voice. They were gushing at him. They're like, oh, the Knight Rider. Oh, the Knight Rider. See, he could have got so much pussy just by staying in radio. He actually probably did get so much pussy. <laughs> uh, and it was turning out to be a promising career for Henry. But Henry decided that he wanted to steal CDs from the, the radio station. What the fuck? And was fired shortly after uh, being oh. caught doing so. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, he, he had he had it going, man. He had a good career going. So and many good choices, and then the one really yes. dumb poor choice. Yeah, but that's like all the other serial killers. Dahmer was the same way. He had a good job at the chocolate factory, and then he had to go fuck. Want to go fuck and little Thai he boys? He had to go to go stuff a head in his yeah. locker. Yeah, he wanted to go fuck little <laughs> Filipino boys. A series boys. of poor choices there. Um, Ted Bundy. <laughs> Ted Bundy had a promising career as a Republican. It's <laughs> just a Republican. Oh god! And then he would decide he wanted to go fucking murder. You and know, then John Wayne brunettes. Gacy. John Wayne Gacy made both a lot series of good decisions and bad yeah, decisions. John at Wayne the same Gacy time. was a was a pillar was a of his community, <laughs> yes, and he, he loved was. clowns and was a promising clown and an artist and decided that this, he wanted to go have sex with underage boys the, and kill them. There's so many pictures of him at like these soirees yes. and shit and fundraisers and it's like he did it he did serial killing like the right way he, he had did. both lives. He did. Henry Picton up in a, uh, up in Canada. He had a multi-million dollar he business. He had so much money. He, he had a junkyard. He had a huge property. He had a multi-million dollar business of slaughtering pigs. He had a whole meat locker. He was charging people to uh, store their meat for them. He had a Hell's Angels fucking set, up, set yeah. up a charter on his property. He had a nightclub on his property that was called like the pig pen or some shit that had like local politicians and Could've everyone in there. Kept doing he was that a shit. pimp. He was pimping out hoes and then he just decided he wanted to go and murder <laughs> prostitutes. It's always multi, that one multi millionaire. Like Henry Pickman is by far the richest serial killer that we may ever cover. And he Definitely decided he wanted live to in a shack. Yeah, no. <laughs> he lived in a trailer on a mattress that was so moldy it was black. And he smelled so bad that he refused he refused to take showers. He smelled like absolute shit. But anyways, it's not about Henry Pickman. But yes, they all have like something going like, for why them. Like, why would he like, I'm going to steal CDs and I'm going to, what the fuck? I don't know, man. And so with no job and his future on hiatus, Henry joins the Naval Reserves. Oh. Because he kind of has no choice. And again, yeah. it's another place where he succeeds. You'll see a lot of serial killers succeed in the military in some aspect. Wasn't Dahmer in the military? Dahmer briefly? was in the military. He His only failure was he was a raging alcoholic. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the yeah, only thing yeah. that got he his had, drinking got in the way, problem. especially in Germany, got in the yeah. way of his uh, service. But then you have uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Leonard Lake, phenomenal record in the military. He was in Vietnam. He was a radio man. Uh, they didn't put him in combat because yeah. they kind of recognized that he was a little <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah. He, was, he was definitely one of those guys that wanted to be there to kill. 
Uh, but he was very yeah. good at what he did. Charles Ng, again, I don't think he was in any combat, but he was very good. Very, He followed orders very well until he decided he wanted to steal a bunch of rocket launchers from the armory. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot. Of, you'll see a lot of them will succeed in the military and do very well taking orders and like if they have a structured yeah, you know yeah. life with plans and then you know they're told what to do they do very well yeah that, that makes complete it's sense when they though. have complete freedom and yeah. no supervision that they end they decide, up you know what sawing off women's heads and skull fucking them yeah uh, like the psychopaths that they really are <laughs> so henry would ship out of recruitment training in orlando florida on december 1984 and would remain in the navy for eight years wow he was in the navy for yes. eight years that's Stellar, stellar record too stellar oh, record wow. not a single blemish well except for one but we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> so henry did well in the navy and it seemed like a pretty decent fit for him his uh his superiors described him as an outstanding seaman <laughs> seaman <laughs> such a dork seaman it was long hard and full of seaman mel <laughs> and submarine <laughs> uh, so his superiors described him as an outstanding seaman who willingly followed all orders given to him and accomplished his assigned tasks in a timely manner kind of like a robot <laughs> uh his knowledge yes. level was higher than expected of a seaman which means he was not a retard like the rest of those uneducated <laughs> fools uh and he eventually would be promoted to third class petty officer that was like the highest rank oh had. so he was a he was an officer yeah, yeah. wow P petty officer, petty officer. I, I, I don't yeah, know I what don't the know ranking system rankings. is but i'm assuming that's like higher pay grade i want to say that's Probably like somewhere is in like the supervisor to like co-manager yeah. range, maybe <laughs> of like Taco Bell. And that's that's my experience <laughs> with, with that one. Uh, so while in the Navy, Henry ends up marrying a woman named Moretta Brabham. Oh, wow. Brabham. he was married. Yes, uh, she was a girl who he had been seeing off and on since sophomore year of high school. And prior to their marriage, Moretta had a child with another man. Oh, uh, but Henry would accept the child with open arms, anyways, because he was kind of a nice guy. What the hell? And Henry's yeah. family followed him to uh, to the West Coast and back again. So wherever he went, they went with him. And however, the marriage was doomed to fail. Aww. So Henry adopted Moretta's child, Tiandra, but he also wanted one of his own as well. Yeah. Which Makes Moretta sense. refused. Oh. She refused to have any more kids, which caused the strain on the relationship, and this caused their sex life to completely evaporate. And once that goes, the yeah. relationship is Makes pretty sense. much over. Henry would later blame the woman's frigidity in part because she had been raped when she was a teen. Hmm. That's his words, not hers. Yeah. However, when he suggested that they attended a counseling session, Moretta refused. And blew up and really caused an issue. So it really seemed like Henry's kind of wanting to work with this woman a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's unusual to, yeah. for a man to suggest it, it counseling. Is, especially since a, he's adopted a child that's not his. Yeah. Very unusual. Uh, kind of probably means that he's too... Like, honestly, Henry kind of sounds like the kind of guy that would wear, like, a fedora. He's, like, the extreme gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> this is why they extreme go on to murder. This is why they go on to murder women. <laughs> right here honestly it's moretta's just fault. like the, just it, like the, the, the being completely fed up yes. like, and done literally everything yeah. possible the, like you know what fuck it. i'm gonna kill a bunch of bitches the, this is literally henry putting moretta in like the same vein as his mother yeah these are the two women that makes that i would say made him go murder a bunch of bitches so yeah. in 1992 henry was arrested in august for breaking and entering near the naval base Huh. And was asked to leave the service. He oh, wasn't, he fucked that up too. Yes, yes. Oh. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't discharged dishonorably. He was given an honorable uh, discharge because of his unblemished record in the navy. This is so they gave him an option. They said yeah. you can. Okay. Yeah, this is literally the one thing he did wrong ever in the navy and they're like we're gonna respect that and just you know you're you're not in the navy but you're giving an honorable it was discharge. a pretty big fuck up yeah it was a pretty big fuck up and he had to deal with it legally but they were like we're gonna yeah. honorably let you go so once henry re-entered civilian life murda decided to divorce him immediately because oh, yeah he, he had no job so he's like all right fuck you motherfucker you ain't shit you ain't shit that's why i ain't have no kids with you yeah and i'm pretty sure she does go on later to have more kids which just that was my like, assumption yeah that's my assumption too fucking loser henry <laughs> so uh, unemployed and heartbroken, Henry moved back in with his mother and sister, Ooh. who now lived in Charlotte Mecklenburg, Mecklenburg, uh, region of North Carolina. Henry did try to date other girls, but he still kind of pined for his ex-wife. She was yeah. like his one love, and he would eventually get one of his girlfriends pregnant in 1993. 
And uh, Henry would always say that his daughter, Kendra, was like the brightest spot in his life. The one bright spot in his life. Yeah. He really liked his daughter, really loved her. Uh, which is kind of weird because the guys don't generally love anyone but themselves. Yeah. You're making me feel for this guy who is a brutal oh, trust rapist me. and murderer. You, you will find a lot to hate about Henry later on, all right? So I already just, do. will be okay. Because I, mean, <laughs> I don't know exactly what he does, but it sounds horrific. So having only lightly experimented with drugs in his life up to this point, Henry began to abuse them to forget about the pain of his divorce and of his childhood and of reality. Yeah. And his, as his anxieties grew, so did his drug habit. And none of the jobs that he took never really seemed to last simply because he just did not care about them. And Makes he would sense. always self-sabotage, do something to get fired, or he would just straight up leave and go get another job. Ugh. That sounds awfully familiar <laughs> and in fact he didn't care about anything at all that makes sense yes, too. yes that does make sense so henry would go on to say that there had been a devil twitching inside of him whispering bad recollections and unfulfilled dreams henry would uh give the devil uh go on to give in to the devil which would be the bad henry and create a piece of heaven for nine angels and their families what? and on that note mel what what the end of the show. Oh, the end of the episode. I'm going to end it right there. What the fuck? Oh, yes. We have a lot of information to get through for him. So it's going to be multiple parts. It's going to be a long running show. You have me so intrigued now because you've Do built I? up this narrative of yeah. this poor guy's life. And I'm like, oh, man, that poor guy. And it's like it goes on to strangle and murder yeah, like, and I, rape I, a I, bunch of women. The, the whole point is to like make you feel a little sympathy like or empathy. But yeah. I'm not trying to give sympathy for the to the devil on this one. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to say, oh, he was justified. But I could, I could no. see where he was coming from with some of these... Uh, these brutal murders. And, yeah. And, Most and places don't raids. bother doing that. They're just like, oh, because he's a man, he's this evil, horrible person yeah. or whatever. But whenever it's a woman doing murdering somebody or doing shit to kids, it's always like, oh, well, she was raped or she was abused, so yeah. you know, we're going to excuse all the stuff. They don't do that for boys. They no, don't do that they for don't. men. They don't. Men, men are shit treated like shit. <laughs> but uh, I always I always thought this this case was interesting for uh, Henry Louis Wallace. I, I thought that I see my my biggest pet peeve is them saying that he's the first black serial killer because he, he's not, and I always hate that description. Well, being was given he to him. was he the first the first black serial killer that they, there was a big case about? No. No, but then the, the zebra murders were well yeah, before the, this. Yeah, the zebra murders were well before this. There was uh, another guy. He got arrested in the, in the 80s. He, his crime spree was in the 60s. I forgot his name, but he was out in California. He was uh, kidnapping black women off the street, oh raping God. them in his van. And then like he would either dump their bodies in like abandoned homes that he was like working on because he was like, a construction worker. Oh, so shit. So he was doing a lot of weird shit. Then there was, at the same time as the Night Stalker, there was uh, three serial killers at the same time acting. Unknown. Active at the same time. They never time. caught them. That was active at the same time in the similar region of, of L.A. that were raping and murdering a bunch of black women. Okay, so, I, I remember you telling me that, and then there was the police weren't really trying very hard yeah, to find. No, them. because you know, murdering black prostitutes—that's yeah. like that's the lost dead. They don't give a shit about black prostitutes, yeah. prostitutes in general, but especially if you're black. Yeah. Uh, and given the demographics of the women being murdered, it's safe to assume that the killers were also black because right. interracial crimes are very rare. They're very rare. Very rare. And in fact, there's only been a few serial killers who have even broken Pat, like the racial barrier. Uh, and I think that's only to throw off investigators. Oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, this is just how rare it is. And so he's the first one that the FBI recognizes. Like, okay, this is the, the serial killer dynamics that we're used to. Yeah. With the exception of him killing people, exclusively killing people that he knew. No other serial killer yeah, did that. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense, by though. Definition, I thought, by right. definition of serial killer, you have to kill someone who's not connected to you. Yeah. And you have to... Like, it's not necessarily a body count is required, but it's like three kills within like three months is generally when you yeah. start going serial. So you can kill a person, go six months, kill another person, go like nine months and kill another person. But it's not really serial until you go repeatedly, like essentially like a calendar. Yeah. Where it's like one a month, one a week, you know, one whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then there's that buildup. Yeah, that's so weird that it was... Pe but then, see, it almost doesn't seem like a serial killer if there were actually people that he knew. But it was. Because that's just... Because if there's, if there's a one-off... That's why they must have seemed like there was one-off, because it's always somebody yeah. that, that they knew that knew them. Well, the, the issue with Henry is that they didn't know that was Henry until they decided, you know, to, to, get, to get together and talk about their notes. 
So that's when they realized, okay, it's the same guy. Because none of the girls were connected to each other, like, at all. Oh, okay. So they weren't connected to each other, but they were all connected to him. All right. So now you're setting us up for fucking part two, man. Yes, we are. And uh, part two is going to be very interesting. (laughs) Uh, On that note, let's plug some shit. Let's let's plug our butts off. Let's plug our Twitter. Our Twitter. If you want to, you know, have a sense of community, you want to get in contact with us for whatever reason uh, <laughs> follow us at you know the, the, the deuce, deuce underscore, underscore podcast, podcast on twitter yes. uh we're we i try to remain pretty active on there i'm on twitter uh, constantly yeah. but not really associated with the podcast yes yes mel is addicted to twitter Once i kind of am I I'm, know. I'm ashamed i introduced her to the social media <laughs> addiction because she cannot get she will let dinner burn to look at twitter <laughs> it's fucking it's 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 horrific yes, i man. literally stand at the stove looking yes, at twitter it's, it's horrific man i have ruined it you went your entire life without an addiction and now i gave it to you i've introduced addiction <laughs> hey, I've been to your addicted life to shit before i was addicted to an online video game okay? yeah that is very true you almost and it was a text-based game nah <laughs> i wasn't never in danger of failing college it was a oh, multiple ooh, choice degree what do you want Ooh, you're so special i had a 25 percent chance of getting the answer right for my entire college career no, fair enough <laughs> uh yeah so if you want to follow us on twitter feel yes. free uh we have other social meds that we don't really use because fuck social media yeah. uh, mel is working on the website this weekend yeah, that's this right weekend, today. so we, <laughs> we will be getting that up and running hopefully soon yeah uh i do want to make a special announcement so i know dun, dun, th- the dun. rest of you guys yeah right the rest of you guys probably don't give a shit about <laughs> us having milestones but we care about we our milestones because we love the deuce and we're coming up in a couple weeks on our 50th episode 50th milestone episode and we didn't think we would ever make it to 50 no if you uh, ask me to name every episode we've done like which we've yeah. covered i could probably do 10 <laughs> i could probably do two and it's usually like the most re- the recent two um but yeah, we're heading up with the 50th episode, and we yeah. think that it would be nice to do something special. Yeah. Uh, I haven't fully decided what yet. I have like 23 open research folders on my desktop right now as we speak. Yeah. Uh, I will have to, you know, set something aside just to do the new research. Uh, I'm thinking maybe it would be for our pa- an episode on our patron saint, Ted, Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski, that's uh, right. He is our patron saint of the podcast. We, we, we love the Holy Ted. But I might just do something fun, too. Do something that's, like, kind of out of the box that no one's ever really done before on a podcast. You'll have to tune in to find yeah, out. Yeah, you will. Uh, and <laughs> I will say that it's probably uh, not something that we normally would talk about either. Yeah. But it'll be but interesting. It'll be, it'll be fun. And I'm excited for it. I know my voice doesn't sound that excited, <laughs> but I'm pretty excited for number 50. I'm excited. If we can actually make it, we have, like, four more episodes yeah, to go. Yeah, we have, like, like this is like, 46 right yeah, now. So if we can make it, yes. I'll be fucking shocked, man. I, I will. I, will, I too, will the, be The will be obstacles shocked. that we've overcome to get this far. I don't, I don't know about obstacles, man. I sit at a computer all day and I just type shit. <laughs> There's not really many obstacles there. Maybe, you know, avoiding heart there attacks have been and a, ice There have been a lot of obstacles that we have uh, overcome And we do appreciate your support. And your support has gone a long way to yes. motivating us It makes us a huge difference going. to us. Really I know we, have, we haven't done a lot of advertising and stuff because we don't know, don't really know what we're doing. Yeah, no, this is, we're just relying on you guys. I don't have a whole guys. lot of time to spare. We're doing, we're doing our best yes. and we've come this far. And we will have further to go. Hopefully, we'll reach new heights this upcoming year. Absolutely. October will make it our one year anniversary. Yes, so one that would be whole great. Year. That's a couple months away, right? It's like four or five months. Yeah, yeah. three or four. Oh, it's like three or four, right? I'm considering June already done and on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have a lot going on. Uh, I don't know. Do we have any holidays in June? June. The. <laughs> Because I haven't looked at a calendar because like, we haven't done like a holiday special in a while. And I was thinking, I'm like, maybe we should You're do a holiday special. You're the only person on the but planet. Are there any holidays in June? We're, is it like this Father's is, Day in June or some oh shit? Oh, my God. I don't know. We, we might be doing this something for like the 4th of July. Is, uh, this like is, the, now, this is anti-groomer month. Is that's it anti-groomer is. month? This is anti-groomer well, month. We don't talk about groomers, <laughs> so that's not right. We'll figure something out. We'll do something special outside of the 50th episode, yeah. which I think is the last week of June is where we hit number 50. It, it I kind of think wrong. so. But that, that, that's all I got to plug. <laughs> my, my asshole's profusely plugged at this point. It's, it's just chock full of peanut butter. I've got nothing else to plug. Mel, you got anything to plug? No. All right, and on that note, we have one last thing to say. Don't fuck in the woods. And don't marry a sociopath. Don't eat Taco Bell. Yeah, don't eat Taco Bell. Poor (laughs) asshole. Thank you. Thank you.
Those of us at Deliver Us Some Evil want to thank you for listening. All of our episodes are available at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. For the latest news, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash deliverussomeevil or email us at deliverussomeevilpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, don't fuck in the woods. A is for alcohol and B is for the blood you stole and C is for the church I built for you. I worshipped you all over town and I finally set my temple down and you swooped in and desecrated all. Of my soul is speculated, premature, I'm disappointed in you. A is for alcohol, and B is for the blood you stole, and C is for.